Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are halfway through the AFC South. Uh, Wiz and I are recapping each and every team in the NFL as we look forward to the 2023 season. Uh, Wiz, before we get going here on on the uh, on the Jaguars, um, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast. That news is going to be coming in. Each and every day coming out of these camps, rookies that look good, veterans moving up the depth charts, all that sort of stuff. And the worst news, of course, was is when you start to get some injury reports. And I, I guess the biggest one uh, over the last couple of days has been the one to Joe Burrow, which uh, could keep him on the sidelines until the be- very beginning of the season was. Yeah, you know, these calf strains are always tricky, right? Because you don't want to come back and then they, you know, linger and then it becomes a, a much, much longer type of injury dealing with that kind of stuff and it didn't look good the way he pulled up so I'm sure they're gonna not have him back on the field uh, you know and this has just been like a, a really unlucky crazy history here with Joe Burrow last year the uh, he uh, appendicitis he, right appendicitis burst and uh, had a certain emergency surgery and and he missed the time as well. And this time, this year he said he was back and he was saying all the right things. And he pulled up on that play, but he went down. Jalen Ramsey, um, pretty important injury to the Dolphins defense. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a little bit of something with his ankle. But this is, you know, this is what's going to happen. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, if teams are just going to keep um, – I really don't know what to do. I, what they're going to do, right? Because they, they're taking him out of preseason games, so they got to get some kind of work in. But uh, it's always difficult. Um, you know, it's not even August first already, and uh, you're getting injury news. But also, uh, I guess on the, on the other side of the coin is the momentum right now. The Dalvin Cook, he's going to end up with the Jets at this point. Yeah, that that's one thing that looks like it's uh, where where things are headed. That is for certain. Uh, the other thing that's catching my eye was and a player that you and I both like, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. But it seems like the Patriots are waving at least three bodies now, with the last one being Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think you and I both thought that there was a potential for this to happen, but uh, it's looking very much like the Patriots are intent on making sure they have a veteran guy um, to, to round out that running back core in New England. I think they're going to try and, you know, bring somebody in, uh, you know, still uh, after Dalvin Cook gets signed, you still have Leonard Fournette out there and Kareem Hunt out there. So, um, and, and Ezekiel Elliott, as you mentioned as well. So we'll see uh, where these veterans uh, end up. And I guess, uh, you know, for people, and, and I do know people, <laughs> believe it or not, have drafted already. Um, but the Cook one, I, you know, first off, I'm not sure what the time. The Jets have been a little bit evasive about the timeline for the return of Brees Hall. Uh, we know how great the player was as a rookie. Certainly, a player of Dalvin Cook's caliber uh, reduces uh, Brees Hall's value quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if that's a sign of how things are kind of progressing with the injury, uh, but nonetheless, it, it 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 makes if in fact when it does happen, it certainly complicates the situation from a fantasy perspective. Oh no, there's there there's no question about that. And uh, I guess if you're a Jets fan, the only thing you could say it's a great problem to have from a fantasy football perspective. It's a little bit different, but um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. And uh, 
Um, let's uh, get to the uh, other uh, two teams in the uh, AFC South that we have not yet talked about. Yeah, and there's just one last point. Was, you know, the other thing is that Aaron Rodgers kind of cleared the path for this to kind of happen, right? Like the Jets have a lot more cap space because of the way he uh, re- reconfigured the contract. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, you always read that, you know, like to read the tea leaves. And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you take it as an ominous sign that uh, – Brees Hall may start the season on the publish. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's reasonable to kind of think that's that's the case. Uh, or, or you can look at the flip side of this and saying like the Jets are all in on you know, you know winning this season with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a chip on his shoulder. I think there are some people. Uh, we've talked a little bit about kind of where we think Aaron Rodgers kind of ranks, and we'll get as we get closer to the season, we get that. But Aaron Rodgers has been known when he's got a chip on his shoulder to kind of true to prove things. Uh, and last year, we shouldn't forget that he did play with a broken thumb for most of that season. Yeah, and also you have to remember, this is like a real double whammy here because the three teams that are really like vying and seem to be the most interested in Dalvin Cook are the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. Yeah. So not only do the Jets get Dalvin Cook, who's a terrific player, but kind of keeping him off those two rosters uh, is an addition by subtraction as well. Yeah, very very valid point. Very valid point. All right, so uh, let's tackle the Jaguars, Wiz. Uh, I guess if we look at the AFC, South, the AFC as a conference overall coming into the season, I think the – Kansas City Chiefs are definitely prohibitive favorites in their division, and I would say the same thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, under Doug Peterson last year, uh, corrected all the disastrous mistakes that Urban Meyer made, uh, definitely made uh, 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 Trevor Lawrence a a valid fantasy option, and coming into the season, I think uh, a borderline top 10 quarterback. Uh, But yeah, the Jaguars had a great season. They had that tremendous comeback win in the playoffs against the Chargers. Uh, but here we are with the addition of uh, Calvin Ridley and lots of excitement uh, down in Duval. Yeah, I'll start with the top of Trevor Lawrence, who I have inside my top 10, 12 at, uh, at, at quarterback. Uh, I will not be unhappy if I leave drafts with him as my quarterback one. Um, you know, I think he has good players to throw the ball to all over the place. Three good receivers, a good receiving tight end. Uh, Travis Etienne is uh, terrific out of the backfield in that regard as well. So I have uh, Trevor Lawrence somewhere right around 10, but certainly inside the top 12, making him a quarterback one in my books. Do you see it that way or do you uh, view it differently? Yeah, the other, the other thing uh, that that is very important to note, first off, he finished last season on, on a high note. Uh, in terms of his performance. Uh, secondly, he does add uh, to the dimension of his play because of his legs. Uh, he had five rushing touchdowns last year. Not that he's going to get a plethora of yards. I think he just was on the fringe of 300 yards rushing, but he's not afraid to take off uh, despite the fact of being 6'6". Uh, he's he's able to take off and run when need be. Uh, but yeah, he's not he's not afraid to stick his nose in the end zone. So uh, I'm pretty much of the – I'm keeping him in one league and I'm probably treating him as a quarterback one in in that league. And so, yeah, so my answer is, yeah, 10, top 10, 12 is, uh, is my answer for Trevor Lawrence as well, Wiz. Yeah, and uh, Travis Etienne is, is a good running back, and uh, he you always have to worry about somebody, you know, that slight that he could get injured, but, you know, the, that's kind of uh, a situation with just about every NFL player, especially the running back. So for Travis Etienne, uh, I have him right in the mix as a running back, too. I have him right around running back 20 or 15 or, or, or something like that. But um, I, I feel good about Etienne in that offense, running back 
to not a top 10, 12 guy, but uh, after that, uh, I feel he's without question inside the top 20 at running back. Tank Bigsby, who they drafted, is a different type of running back, a bruising running back, more of a handcuff to ETN. I don't feel Bigsby's going to be eating into ETN's work. Maybe Vultures, some goal line touches, but unless ETN gets hurt, Bigsby won't be much of a fantasy factor. Um, they have Jermichael Hasty as well. So if ETN was to miss substantial time, you'd see kind of a mix of a few players. But Bigsby figures to be the bruiser to ETN's finesse. So I have ETN as a running back too. Um, when it comes to ETN, do you see you know right in that running back two mix or better or worse? So it's funny. This is a player that I owned in a couple of leagues last year. Um... He he had a very good second half of the season, especially when Robinson was moved out of town. Uh, he only had five touchdowns. He caught a little over 30 footballs. Um, and he averaged five yards a carry, despite being slightly, slightly, his stature-wise, slightly lighter in terms of uh, his weight. Uh, the, the one thing I did notice on a number of occasions last year, Wiz, which kind of made me a little nervous at times. Like uh, he got up a lot after he was tackled and came up limping on, on several occasions last year. Um, so it, not that it ended up being an issue, but because he was able to play in, in almost all the games last year. But I just took notice that he, he did come up limping on a number of occasions. It's just something to keep in mind. So bringing up Bigsby, I think, is important. I don't think you're necessarily counting on ETN to really get double-digit touchdowns in any respect. Um, the other guy also that we did not mention was is Dearness Johnson, who was kind of the third wheel, I guess, if you will, in Cleveland. Uh, he is also probably going to make this roster as a running back. So... I do. It seems like Bigsby, the guy, is the guy getting the accolades right now to back up ETN. But I, again, I'm just just making a note. It's it seemed like on a number of occasions I watched that player get up a little feeble sometimes, and it always kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Was yeah, I kind of see the same thing with Pollard a lot. Uh, they kind of like have the same type of frame, and I'm wondering about Pollard getting you know a lot more carries. Uh, if he's going to be able to sustain the wear and tear. But in terms of ETN, are you viewing him as a running back too is, uh, I guess, uh, where it boils down to? Yeah, it's, it's close for me because it depends how, how frequently they use him out of the backfield. But, but I think two is, is where he lands based on everything that we just talk, talked about. All righty. Uh, let's move to wide receiver. I think the, the, the Jags have a good set of receivers with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley coming in there, and Zay Jones. Um I've seen a lot of rankings that Calvin Ridley has clearly leapfrogged Christian Kirk in terms of projections for the upcoming season. I'm not quite sure I see it that way. I think it's a lot closer to even. Uh, and I won't even be mad at people who took Christian Kirk ahead of Ridley. But both receivers in that wide receiver two three mix. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence could support both receivers, maybe having 800, 900 yards receiving. Zay Jones is going to get his stuff as well. Uh, and we'll get to uh, the tight end play. But I I'm viewing I'm viewing Kirk and Ridley closer to even than a lot of rankings where I see Calvary Ridley clearly ahead of Kirk. Um, how do you view that? You know I love Christian Kirk. So um, 
I lean to the camp that, uh, again, we're talking about a player that missed substantial action over an extended period of time. And, you know, you see these little highlights coming from camp where he's making some great grabs. And I'm not going to deny Calvin Ridley's talent uh, because when he was in Atlanta, when things were kind of percolating with Matt Ryan, he was fantastic. And we were talking about him in the top 10 in the league in terms of wide receivers when it came to fantasy production. So I understand the excitement, but again, missed a lot of game time. Uh, to your point, uh, the other three guys, uh, you know, we'll get to the tight end, but all three of those guys between Ingram, Cook, Kirk, and um, and Zay Jones all had over 75 catches. And a lot of targets went, went Christian Kirk's way, and rightfully so. He doesn't drop a lot of balls. Uh, he, he makes a lot of tough catches. He can catch them around the line of scrimmage. He can catch them down the field. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you have to spread out the targets a little bit, right? So last year, Christian Kirk had 133 targets. Zay Jones, 121 targets. Uh, Marvin Jones accounted, uh, w- was thrown to 81 times. So I think things will be dispersed a little bit different, and Marvin Jones is no longer here. He's in Detroit. Uh, but I'm, I wouldn't be so quick to anoint Calvin Ridley, the number one receiver, just yet, given what we saw, especially the rapport that I think was developed between Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence last year. And would you, would you agree that because of each other, meaning Kirk and Ridley, it's kind of preventing either guy from being in the wide receiver one category? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So I could easily see a scenario where both guys, you know, you could see, what, 70, 75 catches for each Kirk and Ridley, and maybe a little drop back for Jay Jones from where he was last year, kind of like 60 balls or something like that. Uh, but th- 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 this is a talented group, one of the better receiving cores in all of the league. And I think Doug Peterson, you know, this offense is, is going to be better than it was last year. And um, Evan Ingram um, is a player that I have not been fond of, but seemed to have like a find a second, a second wind, if you will, with the Jags. And, uh, you know, the way I view Evan Ingram is, you know, I don't have him in that group of of the early tight end ones. Like, I'm not having him in the upper half. But once you start getting to six and seven and eight, I believe he's in that discussion. And because of Trevor Lawrence and that potent offense, I believe he's inside the top 12, certainly a tight end. Do you have him in that grouping right around seven, eight, nine, that area? Or do you see him higher or lower? Yeah, I, I probably just because of the addition of Ridley, I, I'm a little... I would say I'm a little bit more gun shy on Ridley on on Engram, given that I think there'll be less to go around, and he was not a pivotal red zone target even last year for Trevor Lawrence. I think he only had three or four touchdowns. So probably in the back end of the top twelve is what I would say to you is. Okay, so more 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 you know close to like ten to you know that ten to twelve range, and uh, I know you like McManus and you like that signing by the Jags getting him. Um, who can kick long distances on a potent offense. Um, Are you you drafting, or will you have some equity in McManus? And do you see him as a kicker that you would uh, be okay leaving with as your uh, top kicker? Yeah, he's always had a good leg, right? He's had the advantage of kicking in Denver. Uh, I think Riley Patterson was actually surprisingly uh, accurate last year, but for some reason they, they, they thought it was time to move on from him. So... As a result, McManus steps in, and I think you're talking about an offense that does rank in the top 10 uh, in the NFL last year. So as a result, McManus moving addresses probably makes him a necessary uh, number one kicker, I think, uh, probably the back end towards the top 12 was. I mean, looking at the Jags defense, I mean, 
know, when you think of ferocious defense, defenses in the NFL, maybe the Jags don't are one of the first teams to come to mind. But you know, the idea of facing <laughs> some of these a rookie quarterback in Houston, a rookie quarterback in Indianapolis twice a year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill could always be a quarterback that maybe you could count on for some interceptions. So uh, when you're viewing this this Jags defense, uh, maybe they don't have the talent, but kind of the schedule kind of works in their favor. How how are you viewing the Jags defense from a fantasy football perspective? Yeah, a streaming special whiz is what I would call them. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense that they are going to have some juicy matchups, uh, ideally against some rookie quarterbacks, especially at home where they could get the lead and then just pin the ears back and, and go after the quarterback. So do uh, you view them as more of a streaming, or are there, will there be any leagues where you'll be okay with the Jags as one of your top two defenses? No, I won't be okay with them being one of my top two defenses. All right, so you'll be uh, picking and choosing your spots. Yeah, I, I do want to add one one thing I wanted to watch early in the season with the Jaguars that I did not mention when we were talking about the offense and Trevor Lawrence. And Cam Robinson got suspended. He's not going to be there for six games. They, uh, they did make a draft pick at, at, at offensive line with their first pick in the first round. So... I just would want to see and hope that that chemistry, uh, despite, despite the fight, the fact that Robinson will not be there to start the season, it's something to just kind of keep an eye on uh, with him being out for multiple games uh, as a result of uh, illegal substance usage. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. All right, so that's it for the Jags, uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans next uh, to wrap up the AFC South. Uh, make sure you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, Wiz, talk to you in a bit. Tennessee Titans. You got it. <laughs>